0: From warning Jews to leave Germany prior to World War II to the founding and building of the State of Israel and beyond, since 1929, the Jewish Agency has worked to secure a vibrant Jewish future. Today, the Jewish Agency provides the global framework for Aliyah, Jewish immigration back to Israel, and is working feverishly to get Jews out of Ukraine. We are joined by Devorah Ganeni of the Jewish Agency on this edition of End of the Age. Hello, everyone. We have a very special guest with us today and here on End of the Age, and we thank you for joining us. And joining with us today is Devorah Ganani, the Goodwill Ambassador to the Christian world from the Jewish Agency for Israel. And she works right along with us in the end time, in the prophecies of the Bible. And we're going to be bringing that to light today. And joining us as well is my wife, Jana. Many of you know her. And so we're going to have a wonderful conversation today because there's a lot of things happening that let us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And our guest is involved in that, believe it or not. And so we're going to be bringing that out today. So Thank you very much, Devorah, for joining us on the program today, and I want to tell you that, and everybody, we're going to bring everybody in our conversation here, that you are a very special person to our family. It's really not like we just met you today. We've known you for years. We've worked with the Jewish Agency uh, for years, but we love you. We love the Jewish people. We love Israel. Of course, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, um, has, was in love with Israel at a very young age. And he has imparted all that to all of his children and to our family and to this ministry. It was his heartbeat. And so thank you very much for being with us today. I know you're a very busy person. You're actually here in the States from Israel. You were born there, raised there, and that's where the Jewish agency is But thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to have you.
1: I'm very happy to come here. And I feel the same. You are my family. And I cannot tell you how sad I was that we all lost Irving. Yes. So for me, what I'm doing now, it's in his memory. Mm -hmm. Because I really loved him. Yes,
0: absolutely. And um, I know that... After he passed, and matter of fact, I'll let Jan speak to this, because after he passed, because we had been so involved with the Jewish Agency, and we're going to explain what the Jewish Agency is here in a minute and get into that, but um, because we were so involved with the Jewish Agency, and we had all been there many times, uh, you guys did something special for my father-in-law, and uh, what what, what did they do, Jan?
2: They put a plaque in honor of him and End Time Ministries in the Christian... um, Conference Center, right? Right. Yes. Yes. And um, that was awesome.
1: It's not only a plaque. It's a memorial corner between the two flags of the State of Israel Mm -hmm. that we see him as part of the State of Israel. And everybody that comes in to the conference room can see it Mm -hmm. and see what he did for Israel.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And I see it every day because I sit there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was very influential. He loved Israel. And um, thank you for that. I mean, from the bottom of our hearts. And um, I, I know that there is probably not another endeavor on the planet in our minds that you can be involved with than to help Jews come back to their mother country, the land of Israel. And I know that you are involved in that. You work on it every day. Uh, that's your life's passion, and. Um, it is from us, From a, this is a prophecy ministry, and I know that everybody following us knows that. It is from a prophetic perspective, very prophetic in the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, the Lord said, I will, um, the Lord took Ezekiel out and showed him a, a huge boneyard. And he said, Ezekiel, do you th- prophesy to these bones? And at first he said, do you think these bones can live? In? And Ezekiel was like, I don't know, a, v- a boneyard. And the Lord said prophesied to them. He prophesied and bones started rattling and coming together. You can imagine this big bone yard out in the desert and bones started rattling and coming together and then sinew came on the bones and he kept prophesying. Prophesied to him again, Ezekiel, and sinew came on the bones and then muscle and then flesh and they eventually stood up and the Lord said, I will breathe my breath into them and I will put my spirit into them and um, the Lord said, this is the whole house of Israel that I've brought back together. And so it is a prophecy now we believe that that ezekiel was really seeing a prophecy of hitler's holocaust that's what we believe and that if you've i've been to yad vashem many times and seen i actually don't like to walk through there i'll just be honest with you i'm the same i, I, I cannot
1: yeah. i cannot go into there
0: yeah and, and it is all of those horrific videos and different horrific. things. I mean, yeah, and you're, well, you're, so you're directly tied to that. I know your family and different things came through the Holocaust. And I don't even want to really mention that kind of stuff because I know it's a dark time. It's a dark spot on all of history, really. Uh, but we believe that that Ezekiel was seeing a vision of that. But God said, I'm going to bring all them back together. I'm going to breathe my, the breath of life. My spirit's going to be poured out into them. It was a gathering back to, to the nation of Israel um, of the nation of Israel after World War II. After they had been in exile for, what, 1878 years from 70 A.D., then they were dispersed. The Bible says that they would be scattered, sifted throughout the nations, but God would bring them back. And so the Jewish agency is, that's what they're devoted to. And so when we talk about the Jewish agency, many people may not even know what that is, even though it's very prophetic, and we don't talk about it that much, uh, from a prophetic standpoint, but a lot of people know what we're doing with the Another Jewish Holocaust Fund and things like that, and which we'll get into. But explain to us exactly, when I say Jewish agency, you would say, here's what the Jewish agency is and does, the history of it, because it didn't start 10 years ago. It right. started a long time ago, and you guys have been very influential, even in the establishment of the state of Israel. Right. So give us a little history behind that.
1: Uh, 1922, the League mm-hmm. of Nations made the mm-hmm. decision that the Jewish people needs a home mm-hmm. and they decided to have a Jewish agency. Not the Jewish agency that exists today, mm-hmm. but a Jewish agency. In uh, 1929, the leaders of the Jewish communities all over the world Decided to meet together and establish the Jewish agency for Israel, which is including all the Jewish organization.
0: Um, Let let me pause right there. We're coming up to a break. So I want want to thank everybody for joining us today. I know we're coming up to a break here, but um, we're joined with Devorah Ganani. Many of you are interested in what we're doing, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Well, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break.
3: Right now there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights and emergency housing nearly 10 million dollars. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com Ukraine or call 800 intime That's endtime.com Ukraine or 800-363-8463.
4: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Welcome back, everybody. And I want to make sure that you understand the gravity of the situation here. In Ezekiel chapter 37, God said, I will bring the people back to Israel that have been scattered throughout the nations. The Jewish agency is the leading entity on the planet. They're working right with the Israeli government, and they're working uh, and to bring Jews back from all over the world. They started about a hundred years ago. Now uh, it was, um, yeah, it was in 1922. Now we're in 2020, so it's been about a hundred years ago now that they really started. So you can see throughout history, throughout the en- from the end of basically. Uh, just a few years after World War I, all the way through World War II, through the Holocaust era, 1938 to 1945, the establishment of the United Nations in 1948. Israel became a nation all the way. They have been the leading entity for the last 100 years that has helped to bring Jews back to Israel. And so joining us today is Dvorah Ganani, who is um, the, the liaison between the Jewish agency and the Christian world. She works right alongside with us. We've worked with her for years since about, I think, 2013, 2014. In our efforts, you understand prophetically what we believe and another Jewish Holocaust coming and different things. And we have the Another Jewish Holocaust Fund, and we work directly with them. You've given to us, and we send the money to the Jewish agency uh, because she's like really uh, a family member to us. And so prior to the break, she was helping us um, understand... What is the Jewish Agency, the history behind that? And so um, I do apologize for the break, but uh, we'll let you continue on. And and, uh, we'll try to keep those breaks to a minimum if we can.
1: So as I said, the Jewish Agency represents all the Jews of the world. Mm -hmm. All the institutions that are Jewish, like synagogues, schools, uh, uh, politicians, uh, whoever you you can uh, imagine. Sure. People from Australia, Germany, England, the US, everyone. We have 120 Mm representatives and they meet three times a year and they are the decision maker Mm -hmm. of the Jewish Agency. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1948, the head of the Jewish Agency was David Ben-Gurion. Yes. And David Ben-Gurion, from his seat as the chairman of the Jewish Agency, became the first prime minister of Israel. Mm -hmm. And in the same room that all your uh, groups saw it, the same room that the decision was made to become a state, Mm -hmm. uh, he was taken to be the prime minister, and they passed a special law that the Jewish agency will continue to work hand-in-hand with the Israeli government, and the mission will be to bring the Jews back home and absorb them, which is not less important. And the Jewish Agency is the is the body with Jewish money uh, that build the roads, the factories, the water system, the electricity, transportation, everything.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I thought they were just devoted to bringing Jews back and helping them make Aliyah, but you actually were you actually created the nation, the infrastructure. Right, and wow. still
1: doing it. Wow. Still doing it. We have two sides. One is to bring the Jews back. Mm-hmm. The second thing is to absorb them. We have 17, oh, well, sure. yeah. 17 absorption centers. Mm-hmm. We have now 7,000 Jews there, wow. mainly from Ethiopia. And we teach them Hebrew about Israel. We give them all their rights. We tell them how to be absorbed in this very complicated state. Wow. So this is our work.
0: Yeah. So the, I remember a story Uh, that my father-in-law told years ago, that he read a book. Now, I I actually have the book. This is the book Exodus. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And in the book, and because I want to bring people in on this, because I I want people to know how important the Jewish agency has been over the last hundred years. In the book Exodus, it talks about uh, just prior to World War II, uh, when Hitler was coming into power and th- all the propaganda was being spun and everything, but there were people that went into Germany and Europe and different places and they were saying, hey, anti-Semitism is on the rise. You probably need, we, you, you need to leave and go make um, Aliyah or, uh, into Israel. Um, and again, Ju- the Israeli state wasn't created until 1948, but there were already people starting to come. Your your father, father was one of them. My father came nineteen
1: thirty eight. Yeah, nineteen thirty eight. On a boat, not like Exodus, right. But on a boat. <laughs> yeah. He said that he is a sailor, and he cleaned the boat, mm-hmm. and to go out and to make aliyah, he couldn't because he didn't have papers. Right. So he took the something to take the water with him with the broom. Mm-hmm. He left the boat, and he said he's going to fill out some water to clean the boat, and he never came back to the boat. So
0: So he just said, see you guys, I'm going (laughs) in.
1: This is how we make that. That's one way to
0: do it. Um, Right, but what I'm saying is prior to World War II, people were already starting to come to Israel. A lot of people think in 1948 they just got on the boats and went down. But prior to that, people had already started coming back. But there were people that went in. In the book, I think it calls them runners. They went into Europe and Germany and different places, and yeah. they were going around saying, hey, you've got to get out. But in the book, it explains that the Jews there, if they only would have known, they would have just hit the ground running. But some of them said, you know what? We've got businesses. Our kids are in school. Uh, we have become wealthy here. And they actually said, we're German Jews. That They're not going to do anything. That's because we're part of Germany. They had really um, you know, acclimated to the life there and different things. Very wealthy individuals, many of them, and so they said, "No, not going to leave." Well, one of the people in the book was a a professor, and he said, "Look, I know you're telling me to leave. I've got an established life here, but now I'm I'm not ready." Well, when it came, when when Hitler really started putting the screws to everybody, and he wants to create this perfect uh, race, and of course, anybody that was not you know six foot four and blonde haired, blue eyed. You're, they just were, you know, <clears throat> it was not a good situation, obviously. So this professor went to one of the people that had come to him early on and said, hey, I'm ready to go, get my family out. And the, this guy put, hammered his fist down on the desk and said, I tried to get you out for the last five years and you wouldn't leave. Now it's impossible. I could probably get you out, but I cannot get your children out. And so I, 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 as I was reading this, I thought, oh, this dark come over me because I could only imagine. Well, I believe that Jewish, the Jewish agency was part of those people that were going in there talking to those individuals, trying to get them out prior to World War II. That's part of history. You guys were part of that. And so now when we talk about another Jewish Holocaust coming, um, and much of that will be in Europe, you can see anti-Semitism rising again, Devorah. And I know that today, I mean, it's like history's repeating itself. Today, and I mean, when I say anti-Semitism is rising, I'm talking about like a scale like this, a hockey stick almost, because there's so many attacks and parades and things that are against Jews. They're chanting death to Jews, Jews to the gas. I know that's horrific, and I don't even like talking about it. But I'm saying that they're doing that today. And many of the Jews are going home right after they get off work or get out of school or even when they leave school, and they'll take off any kind of their kippah, anything that would make people recognize them as Jews because anti-Semitism is rising. Well, we know prophetically that that is setting the stage for another Jewish Holocaust that's coming. But that's why your organization is probably one of the most important organizations on the planet in my mind working right with the, the nation of Israel, trying to get Jews out of there. Because in our mind, if we can get Jews out of there to Israel, we know that they will be safe throughout the end time. Because we believe that the United States will stand with Jewish, the, the Israel and protect her all the way throughout the end. And so it just I just want everybody to know how important and influential the Jewish agency has been over the last 100 years. And then beyond that, you guys helped to establish... The nation of Israel, yes. with um, and so, in establishing the nation of Israel, is that just um, that is that that's just bringing people back? But were you influential in like um, the United Nations at all? weren't weren't you influential maybe in like the, the forty seven partition plan and all that? I mean, no. You, so you weren't in about,
1: politics. Not, not in, in not in politics. Not okay. in politics, but. Forty-eight, there was nothing. The Muslim left and the English people left Israel without anything. No mm-hmm. forest, no homes, no buildings, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So what we were doing, we built very fast cities and tall and ugly building at that time. It yeah. was, you, you know those buildings that uh, you yeah. see.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it still exist.
0: Yeah.
1: And the roads... And electricity, because there was nothing in Israel.
0: Okay. So that's where the infrastructure part comes yeah, in. Yeah, infrastructure. Gotcha, okay. Right. This is what we were doing, but yeah.
1: not involved in politics. Okay,
0: so the Jewish agency wasn't involved in politics. That was up to was the government not. officials. Yeah, right. Okay, and, oh, I got you. Okay. So now you guys have, your, your recent, uh, your former leader of the Jewish agency, Isaac Herzog, is now the president right. of all of Israel. Right. How has that... Uh, help to influence your efforts to get Jews around the world? In other words, has he just said, "Okay, I'll see you later. I'm done with the Jewish agency. Or is he using his presidential position to help further your efforts?
1: First of all, he was very good uh, chairman of the Jewish agency. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand there is a, a not easy situation of the Israeli government and Jewish agency the leaders in Europe are against us coming to their country and say to their citizens, "Go out, go out from France, go out from England." England. They
0: want the Jews there. Yeah, but they yet want there's the anti-Semitism there. rising.
1: So. so there are issues in the diplomatic field that yeah. they are angry with us. Wow. Don't call them back. They are ours.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ian. So
1: it's a. Uh, Like the situation with Putin and Ukraine, we'll talk about it later. Sure. What's the conflict here and how Israel is between the two?
0: Wow. So uh, as far as um, to bring our audience, you know, make sure our audience is in the conversation with us. There are about, what, close to 7 million Jews in Israel today? Yes. So the the, the total population of Israel. So what's that?
1: Eight million.
0: There's eight million Jews in Israel today. Seven
1: and a half, eight million. Okay. We are totally around nine
0: with okay. the Arabs that live there. Okay. Um, is, so that's in including the West Bank and everybody? No. Or is that just Israel, Israel pre-1967? Citizens. I got you. Okay. Um, and then I think, now, you may disagree with these numbers, but from what I read yesterday, this is from the Jewish Virtual Library. They say there's about 7.3 million in the United States or roughly close to as many as in six six so about six yeah yeah everybody knows
1: it but nobody knows the real numbers okay
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) there are some conflicting numbers on the web but um so you are in you over the last so so everybody knows just over the last 100 years you've brought and mainly from 1948 on but beyond that you, you guys have been influential in bringing, would you say, millions there?
1: Millions. Four millions. million. Four million.
0: Four million. We wow.
1: brought the Jews from Europe.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. After the war. Mm-hmm. And we brought, brought the Jews from uh, uh, North Africa, Morocco, Tunis, all yeah. those countries. Yeah. It was uh, 1950, mm-hmm. 56. And then the Jews from Soviet Union. Uh, oh, sure. 1990, wow. one million from them, from there. Wow. And then the Ethiopian that we we brought now yeah. 150 million and next month we are beginning to bring this year 3000 more Ethiopian Jews.
0: Wow. So we yeah, have so, a Lyapop- so all over the world. Yeah. Do you have many Jews that want to come from the United States there?
1: The numbers are not high yeah, from the I, US. I, yeah. No.
0: They're they're really too comfortable here. Yeah, we live become, in a bubble, and they think, right. "Well, we'll just you know." Not enough, but right. they
1: are helping financially, big time. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Big time.
0: I know many. I have many Christian friends that help Israel financially, and so um, because obviously, us being a Christian, and I will get to Russia, Ukraine here in just a moment. But as far as uh, our, I think our audience would like to know why are we so vested in Israel and and love you, because there is a lot of anti-Semitism in the world. There's not a lot of people that just love Israel. The entire United Nations is anti-Semitic. Right. Look at all the resolutions that have been passed over the years against Israel. And I'm not a big fan of the United Nations, just to say the least.
1: You are not alone. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I can imagine that. Yeah. But um, as far as Christians, I, I don't know if it's possible to call yourself a Christian and not love Israel, not love the Jewish people. I mean, really, the Jewish people gave us our Bible. Um, Jesus was a Jewish. So for me to say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I may be on the anti-Semitic side, huh? That don't make any sense. The reason I'm saying this is because I've had people go on tour with us to Israel. We take, prior to COVID, we took two tours every year. One in the spring, one in the fall. And I've had people say, well, my church was supporting su- supporting the BDS, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. I said, your church was supporting BDS, which is obviously, you know, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction, the people out in the West Bank and the settlers and things like that. And I, I, I've never understood that, Devorah. And so I, for, for us as Christians, we have grown to love you and the Jewish agency and our guides and we've got. Friends all over Israel that are that are wonderful people and for me as and you know another thing really my father-in-law said this for years but I recognize that me and Jan have talked that our all of our childhood heroes growing up in Sunday school uh, David Moses Joshua I mean all of the the biblical prophets Zechariah Ezekiel Daniel they were all Jewish and so I just want to say that we love you and we will support you all the way Thank you for joining us today. And we're continuing our interview with Deborah Ganani. She is the liaison from the Jewish agency in Israel uh, to the world. And she's an individual that we love beyond the Jewish agency, beyond all of our efforts with working with the Jewish agency to help bring Jews back. We have fallen in love with these people and with the nation of Israel. And we have so many great friends and acquaintances um, business leaders, people out in the West Bank, the settlers, we love all of them. And um, I know that you, many of you do as well. Many of you have traveled there, made the journey to the Holy Land with us, and many of you are going to go on future trips with us. We've already made expressed interest in that. So thank you for joining us again today, and we're going to continue on. Now, we're going to move off into a, um, a different uh, conversation here. We're going to shift gears And we're going to talk about Russia and Ukraine because the Jewish agency, um, they have people. There's like, to me, there's three uh, types of people wanting to make Aliyah to Israel. There are the people that just kind of feel an urge. Hey, you know what? Someday, somehow, I need to make a move back to the Promised Land, back to the Holy Land, back to our mother country. And then... There are people that are being persecuted, Jews that are in oppressive states around that need to get out. But if it didn't happen today, if we could get them out over the next few months or something like that, we need to try to work towards getting them out. And then there is the Russia-Ukraine situation where they need to get out right now. The bombs are falling. Uh, We are, as many of you know, we are great friends with the missionaries in Kiev, Ukraine, and These people, many of them have to stay. These people are staying because of the churches there. They they don't want to leave. But there are many people that have to get out. And so, Dvorah's been very influential in that. So, I want to bring her in on the conversation here, um, and Jan as well, if you have anything, any input. But as far as the Russia-Ukraine thing, I know it kind of really just hit like, boom, here we go. I mean, there was really no... um, I know that... uh, Vladimir Putin was bringing his troops down on the border of Ukraine. He did uh, Crimea back in 2014. But as far as like a a big, um, you know, a warning sign like, hey, he is going to invade now, there wasn't really something that really told us, you know, because a lot of people thought he may move his implements back from and not do it. Well, the problem is he did it. And he moved in on them and there are people being killed as we speak. And so... Uh, you guys went into action. Now, you already had people there that were trying to get them to come from Europe and make Aliyah, but like you said, you got representatives all over the world. However, when he went in, you guys jumped into action and said, okay, we've got to, because there's a lot to this, it's a big, huge snowball rolling down the hill. So tell us what you did in the beginning, how it's progressed, how many people have come back, and what you're doing, and then then we'll talk about some numbers as far as financially... Uh, what's going on. But in the beginning, uh, give, me some, give me some history of, of the Ukraine thing, even though it's a short-lived, what, couple, two or three weeks here. Uh, what, what, how has the Jewish agency been involved in that?
1: Number one, uh, not like other cases, the government of Israel and the Jewish agency and everyone around was, the next day that it happened, mm-hmm. set together and had a plan. Very fast, the Minister of Foreign Affairs Mm -hmm. And the Jewish agency had a plan what to do. Wow. It was very fast. Mm -hmm. So, number one... Yeah, because
0: everybody's going to look to you almost immediately. Jewish agency, you guys are set up for this.
1: Yes, but not for such a huge event. Right, right. So nobody was really thinking the Ministry of Foreign Affairs declare all the time it will not happen. It will not happen. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a saying that everybody say about what's happening now. We were used to say never again. Sure. The Holocaust, yeah. never again. And here it is coming now. Mm-hmm. So we sent people on the spot to Ukraine and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs sent people there because the most important thing was to uh, be able to use the doors that were all still open mm-hmm. to take them out in a, in a legitimate way okay. with right, the right papers. Because they cannot make aliyah when we don't know if they're Jewish or not. Yeah. So people came and we had five gates, five places that we put the people there from the government, and they checked everyone. And we called them by advertising, by radio, by announcement in the Israeli TV mm-hmm. come to the consulate, come. The consulate was open till the last minute. Come, come, yeah. there is no time, come. So around 7,000 out of the Israelis, there there were Mm 10,000, but the Jews...
0: 10,000 total in Ukraine?
1: uh, Israelis. Okay. Israeli Jews. Oh, okay, yeah. The total Jews in Ukraine is between 200,000 and 250. Okay. Again, the numbers are not clear.
0: So when you say Israeli Jews...
1: There are many people who...
0: With citizenship?
1: Yes. Okay that they went back after they made Aliyah okay, gotcha. or they had businesses in
0: many. So that's the number one people you're trying to get out.
1: Yeah, okay. we were trying because they had the passport and the papers, yeah. so go out, go out. Yeah. But everybody said nothing is going to happen. So we established five stations and we hire places for the refugee, for the people that will come. Mm-hmm. And we called everybody Go out, go out, it will be too late. Yeah. And uh, some private donors, some private companies gave buses to everyone mm-hmm. and we begin transferring the people that came to those stations yeah. out to our uh, places that were secured mm-hmm. in advance. Out of the country or was, into western Ukraine? First it was in Lvov, in, okay. yeah. near the border. Yeah. Then it was outside, of uh-huh. course. Um, by the way, we have to be very honest here. Many Christian organisations that are there, like the Christian Embassy, yeah. Chris, Christian Friends of Israel mm-hmm. from Holland, they helped a lot Good. Um, in this uh, operation Good. to the Jewish Agency. Mm-hmm. They are helping during the year, but this time they were a big mm-hmm. help.
0: Yeah, for mobilisation and yeah. yeah. So
1: everybody tried to get everyone to the buses. Mm-hmm. And then to the station, to an interstation, they were checked if the, the papers are correct. Mm-hmm. The decision was that uh, we will not check the papers like we do every time, yeah. much easier, the procedure. Yeah. And we took them to hotels in the neighboring countries, mm-hmm. Poland, Moldovia, some to Germany, yeah. right. etc. cetera. So this, um, was, this was very fast. In a yeah. few days it was done. And we took many employees that are talking Russian in the Jewish Agency in Jerusalem,
0: mm-hmm. oh wow,
1: and sent them there yeah.
0: to help. So has it just been? So you said your foreign, um, the foreign ministry sent people. So when this Diplomats. something like this happens, do they turn right to the Jewish Agency and say, "Hey, go"? In other words, fully mobilization. They're not go- the Israel. Israel doesn't have anything else but the Jewish Agency to do that that they work with. I mean, it should pretty much just turn right to you because you're the you're the entity that's been here for a hundred years.
1: Yes, and so they looked
0: to you and said, "Get everybody and go."
1: There is another organization that is under the Prime Minister from the time of the Soviet Union, okay. which is called Nativ, mm-hmm. that is also existing uh, signing papers. Okay, but we all work. Together, Together yeah. very fast. It, it's amazing how yeah. the government operates.
0: Well, that's awesome. So how many people, you said you've brought in um, to Israel. We were talking earlier. You said you've brought in Jews, but you've also brought had to bring in Ukrainians as well because people just are trying to get out any way they can. Um, and so that's something that everybody needs to know because uh, I've had people talking to me about, why are you just trying to get Jews out? And I was like, Well, we were working with a Jewish agency, but there's been there's been many of Ukrainians that have come out as well, and so um, it's very important that people understand what's going on. We've been helping getting a lot of people out of there, um, and so when you, about how many Jews did you say that we've gotten out? Uh, didn't you say like close to four thousand or something? Before like that?
1: before that, I want to say that the state of Israel was the first one that sent aid. To the Ukraine that are not Jewish. Okay. We build a hospital inside Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We help, we send doctors to Romania to help them. Mm-hmm. We send tons of food, yeah. nurses, and army uh, forces. Mm-hmm. We, we help in everywhere,
0: yeah. non Jews. Yeah. yeah, no, I, that's why I want everybody to know. It's very
1: important. Plus, you've helped
0: a lot of Ukrainians come out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the
1: Jews that came until now are around 4,600. Olim, new mm-hmm. immigrants, mm-hmm. there are around 4,000 are waiting in our shelters, waiting for papers mm-hmm. and for the procedure. Mm-hmm. And there are around 7,000 refugees that are in Israel, Okay. non-Jews. Yeah.
0: So when we talk numbers as far as finances to get people out, um, I want everybody to know that We, with Dvorah coming here today, we were able to give the Jewish agency $150,000 that you gave. Uh, Thank you so much. And as you can see, (laughs) it goes to a good cause. Um, And we were able to give $150,000. $100,000 of that was strictly to the Russia-Ukraine effort to get Jews out. And $50,000, that was to our another Jewish Holocaust fund uh, we've, saved it, we've saved it up over time to give it to her and when she came, but this will be used. Our, our another Jewish Holocaust fund is strictly for, uh, we know that there's another Jewish Holocaust coming, and so we work with the Jewish agency to bring Jews back to Israel because we know that in the end time, uh, if you understand what the Bible talks about these things, that Israel will be the safest place on earth for them. And that the Lord will minister to them, and you know uh, when He comes back and plants His feet on the Mount of Olives. So it's very, it's very important that we get Jews back out of some of these areas, because when the, another Jewish Holocaust comes, which is mentioned several times in the Bible, Europe is going to be one of the worst places they could be. It's going to be the power base of the Antichrist, and so we want to make sure. In other words, that right now the United States, up until since 1945, and really until Donald Trump. We were the principal driver behind the world government. And then Donald Trump came in, pulling us out. President Biden gets in. He's pushing us back in. And we were the principal driver behind that. Well, now you can see, because of some of the weakness in the administration, we're coming off of that pedestal. And the Bible says that those powers will swing to Europe. And that will be the power base of the Antichrist. Well, you can imagine being a Jewish individual at that point, with anti-Semitism rising, you can imagine, imagine just prior to World War II how it was, where we talked about the runners trying to get them out. Well, imagine how it will be when the Antichrist comes on the scene. There's going to be, it's, not, it's just going to be horrible, a horrible situation. The Bible calls it persecution like it's never been before, nor will ever be after that. And so our goal in the Another Jewish Holocaust Fund, because of the prophecies of the Bible, was to get those Jews out of there. We work with the Jewish Agency, and that's why we told you it's the number one agency on the planet, and it has been for the last 100 years to get the Jews back to Israel, the safest place on the planet. And so, we gave up today. We were able to give 150 thousand dollars to those efforts, and I'm, and thank you so much. Um, it, it, you know, nobody's getting rich off this. This is no. going to bring these people back. I mean, they're in desperate need, and so, thank you so much for responding to that. And moving on, we're still going to be using this money, the money that you're sending moving forward, uh, to help Jews make Aliyah back to Israel. Because it's a a biblical thing, everybody. This is not a money-making thing for us. It's a biblical thing. God said back in Genesis chapter 12, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. And so we want to make sure that we bless Israel, especially in the time of need that they need us the most and that's throughout these end times and right now in Russia and Ukraine. So we'll continue on with Devorah and my wife Jana when we get back from the break and we'll discuss some finances. How much does it take to get some Jews out of there? One Jew and a plane full of Jews.
2: I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Intime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month.
0: Okay, Deborah. so I want to get into some numbers. A lot of people have asked us, you know, if I send in $1,000, what does that do? If I send in five hundred, fifty dollars $50, $5,000, and, you know, we want people to send in whatever they can because every $5 adds up and it helps to bring people, uh, to get people to a better situation. And I know that if I was in a situation like if Russia invaded the United States and I had somewhere to go, people trying to help me, I would be thankful for if somebody sent a dollar in, but uh, some of the cost associated with this um, and i I want you to give us a breakdown if i if 've got the numbers here, um, it said something about the evacuation per person is is three hundred dollars well, What does that do? I mean run us down through the numbers here
1: We have the list i 'm not going to to read the list unless you have it here. Yeah, but I, I, it's it's in,
0: highlighted in the bottom there if you need it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, So <clears throat> in general, is ev- evacuation is to take the, the buses, yeah. to have the personnel, then to have them in hotels mm-hmm. in the other side of the borders, then a ticket to take them out from Europe to Israel, and then to put them in hotels, mm-hmm. and then to give them money for the next three, four months. Total is 2,500 for one immigrant. Okay. The total. And now, the numbers that we have till now, the need is $89 million. The, the needs that the Jewish agency published, yeah. according to the needs that they see now. Yeah. If 50,000 Jews will come, as some people think, mm-hmm. it will be $600 million. Dollar needed, so it's huge numbers. We already got twenty-eight or twenty-nine million. Okay, twenty-five million we got from the Jews in uh, in the world, Mm -hmm. and two million from Christian. Mm -hmm. Now it's two million one (laughs) hundred (laughs) and
0: fifty thousand. Okay, well, yeah. So the numbers are big. Now, does that include? bringing people in and getting them acclimated into society and the infrastructure part of it? Is it's, the, no, no. But so to put just,
1: them in a hotel and yeah. give them money to live because they have nothing.
0: Yeah, so I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: we give them checks. Yeah. We give them money. Yeah, yeah. And then clothing and right. how to live. Yeah. And we don't know what will be the next step. This is just the beginning of the whole project. Yeah. What will be the next step? Those who will stay... What they will do, what about the job training, what about the children, what about the education. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind that meanwhile, that all this is happening, we're bringing 3,000 Jews from Ethiopia at the same time. Yeah. And last year we brought uh, 2,000 Jews from Ethiopia. So mm-hmm. it's a big burden on the Jewish agency. It's yeah. very hard and complicated. Yeah.
0: Well, you do a fabulous job in... Being the kind of the, the, the goodwill ambassador to the Christian world. Um, and the, g- give us really quick, g- give us some of your background. I know, I mean, I, we talk about the Jewish Agency, but people are going to buy into you. And you are, um, we talked about, you know, I, I don't really want to ask you this, but I almost have to because we're, you know, there, when I say anti Semitism is rising, because I want our viewers to, to, to know the gravity of the situation and what's happened historically, what's going on now. But um, when we say another Jewish Holocaust is coming, the first Holocaust, they're, one of the worst things of anti-Semitism today is Holocaust denial. Right. And you guys have the Holocaust Remembrance Day, and it's like, and, and, and I am so thankful for that. I talked about it on the radio and let everybody know what happened. And, and I talked about the Gestapo and everything that happened in Germany. And But there are a lot of people that try to deny, because of anti-Semitism, um, the Holocaust. But from your perspective, you, somebody to deny the Holocaust, that's just so foreign because you had family that were in the Holocaust and that passed in the Holocaust. And so... Um, Was that your, so you're saying that wasn't your mom's side, but that was your dad's side? My
1: dad's side. There is not one family in Israel that is not somehow uh, attached to the Holocaust. There is no, we, our generation, we didn't have grandfather, grandmother. They were all killed. So my family, my father, who was from Budapest, Mm -hmm. his mother stayed there. And she, she didn't make Aliyah. He made Aliyah 1938. She didn't want to come. As others,
0: so she had a chance to get out, but said no. A chance you, you he go. came
1: no legally, as I said about oh, the, yeah. on the okay. boat. yeah, okay. Uh, but all the family, he was the only one who survived. Yeah, and so are many, many, many others.
0: So. Uh, so to tell somebody in the Israel. Uh,
1: look, I mean, on one, on the other hand, we remember. And we teach to remember. On yeah. the other side, Israel, as you all know, is a flourishing country. Absolutely, is a live country. People are happy. Mm-hmm. They don't every day think about the Holocaust. So they that, yeah, are yeah, sure. studying medicine, business, economy yeah. is beautiful.
0: Yeah, so the country
1: is. is alive.
0: Absolutely, with young um,
1: generation and believer in the future of the State of Israel.
0: Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I, 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 again, like I said, I don't even like walking through, we take our tour groups to Yad Vashem because we, that we want them to know, uh, you know, that it absolutely did happen and to get the history of all that. But I, I, honestly really don't even like talking about it, but the, the anti-Semitism thing in the world, it is to me, Devorah, it's a spiritual thing, um, because I know there's an enemy. Of our souls, and you—you know—if you know anything about the Bible and everything, which I know you do, then you understand there's an enemy, and he's against Israel. God said forty times in the Old Testament, "I will put my name there, even in the Temple Mount." And when Satan—I promise you—when he heard that, he thought, "Well, I'm going to fight you for it." And there have been forty major wars fought over the nation of, uh, uh, over the city of Jerusalem, more than any other city on the planet. Why is that so important? Because it's a spiritual battle. At the end of the day. And we know when we talk about another Jewish Holocaust, it's all a spiritual thing. If all of these people would just get right with God, all this stuff would stop. If Vladimir Putin would get right with God, he would stop what he's doing right now. Because war is not of God. War comes from the lust of of men's hearts. And the Bible tells us that. And so, very thankful to have uh, people like you that have, even beyond, for the last hundred years, you've worked with people... Um, to bring you know, people back to the land of Israel. And uh, when we talk about the Bible, I know I've said it many times that we teach from a prophecy perspective, another Jewish Holocaust is coming. The Bible prophesies that, and if you go back to it, it's many times in the Bible, but if you go back to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, because this is why we were so invested. This is why we were talking to, to people and um, about giving to this effort, Again, this is not a money making thing, but it is um, something that my father in law saw in the Bible years ago. In Daniel chapter twelve, verse one, the Bible says, "At that time, the time would be three and a half years prior to uh, the second prior to the Battle of Armageddon." Um, the Bible says that Michael shall stand up, the great prince uh, and an angel, and, and stand up for the children of thy people for Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And it's prophesied again in the New Testament, but it's a time of persecution that's coming. And I know, like I said before, most of that will be felt in Europe. And then the Bible says, but at that time thy people shall be delivered. God is going to stand with Israel all the way to the end. There's good news in all of this. You know, one of the things you can do if you've ever read a novel, and I'm sure you have, if you want to know really what happens, you go to the end of the book. And you can see, wow, how is this thing going to turn out? It's so mesmerizing. And you go over there and we see that in the end, God will win. And Israel and the Christian church, there's a revival prophesied for the end time, a Jewish Christian revival. And... I believe it's happening now, Devorah. We're seeing the beginning of that. And I know you do as well. You're working with the liaison with the Christian world. And there are some entities that are going haywire. And the Bible says that they will. But there are some entities that will stand with and protect Israel. And then the Bible says that um, people shall be delivered. Everyone that is found written in the book. So there's good news for the end. It doesn't end bad. Christians win The Jews will win in the end, and one of the best things that I have seen that I've seen in the Bible for Israel is that we know there's a peace agreement coming that will establish a Israel. You know, the Bible says Israel will give up land for peace. Now, I know that you know a lot of people don't agree with that, but it appears there will be from Scripture there's going to be a two state solution created. However, the Bible tells us that Israel will never give up Jerusalem. Sure. A lot of people want to divide Jerusalem. Now, I saw an interview you were in with my father-in-law, and I mean, I, this was—I was mesmerized by this—that you were there in the Six Days War. Right. And I was—I didn't. You were a soldier that, at there, and I was like, I—I right? I could. My father-in-law said, "Now nah, I don't know if you were old enough to do that." And you said, "Yeah, I was, but a baby." It was funny. <laughs> but the uh, I, when you, you said you were a soldier there, you were there when they said, "Hey, Jerusalem's in our hands." Yes. You were there. We when We remember.
1: Happened. We remember it very well. Uh, talk but about
0: history. The T- the tell us shouts, about that. Yeah. The tell shouts us about of
1: it. the soldier of the commander. That Moshe Dayan was there and Motagur was there. everybody. And we used to, as soldiers, there was a wall, Mm -hmm. not like the wall we know, but the wall between East Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. And we used to look through those holes to see how (laughs) they look, those Arabs in Jordan. Yeah. We used to look and one day, one day, and we saw it. And it was, we were all very happy. Yeah. And I don't think anyone think that uh, Jerusalem, anyone will give up Jerusalem. It will not happen.
0: Well, uh, under Donald Trump. He um, did a great.
1: great, Yeah.
0: I mean, under Donald Trump, he moved the embassy to Jerusalem. Recognized Jerusalem as their eternal capital. That's scriptural. Right. And um, for anybody to deny that, which the international community, there's been Resolution 2334 passed, which says Israel's, Living in and occupying East Jerusalem and the West Bank is a flagrant violation of international law. Now, when I say the, the international community and the United Nations is anti-Semitic, passing a law like that, that's crazy. That's, going, that's saying, let's just throw the Bible in the trash and let's do what we want to do. And so they're taking the God factor out. Um, I hate to tell you this, but we're coming to an end. So and I want to
1: take the opportunity and yeah. thank everyone for your very nice and big donation. Absolutely, it's a big help, and it will help us to bring many, many more Jews back home. Yes, around sixty of them, and I hope we'll do more. Yes, and I hope other organizations, mm-hmm. other churches, will join your efforts.
0: Yeah. Uh, so if 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 you'd like to give moving forward to another lot. Jewish Holocaust, yeah. yeah, and to the end of the continuing. Russia-Ukraine situation, getting Jews out of there because there's still a lot that needs done. Uh, call 1-800-363-8463. You can donate like you always have. But you can see the, um, the history here and everything that has went on. These people are as credible as it gets. We've worked with them for years. Irvin Baxter, all of us, our whole family, loves Devorah. Thank you so much for being here today, Devorah. My we, pleasure. We love you, you, and we hope you'll come back. We will see you, if not in the fall, hopefully in the spring, if Jana, our tour director, can get the dates worked out. (laughs) And uh, I hope you'll be safe on your travels and and have great success. And God bless you in your efforts because what you're doing, probably one of the most important efforts on the planet. And thank you so much. And God bless you. You devoted your whole life to this. And we thank you because it's needed right now. So God bless you, my friend. And we'll see you. you again in Israel.
1: Thank you very much.
0: God bless.
2: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's one 800 363 8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.